love with everyone. You know, we've been speaking here a few years now on the Zoom. It seems just like yesterday. Uh, and the idea, the topic, or the, you know, the title is non-duality, but really the topic is duality, yes? Because non-duality, uh, the best you can get to describing non-duality is not two, yeah? Because obviously being reality, it's incomprehensible and we can't understand it, we can't experience it, we can't know it, but we may be being it right now. Yes, seemingly a drift in an idea that we're the dreamt, but we may be uh, ourselves reality. Yeah, so if that's the case, and it doesn't seem to be obvious in our experience and in our day-to-day -day living whatsoever, there must be something going on that's sort of capturing attention and interest to the point where we can seemingly, it can appear to us as reality that we forgot we're reality, yeah? Now we would never say, I forgot we're reality. We're just firm in faith in the something else that has made, that's been made to be ourselves, yes? Yeah, so it's a temporary imaginary condition, thank God, because being ourselves reality doesn't change, yeah? nothing that comes after it is going to change what's before so an appearance isn't going to uh, cause reality to disappear sooner or later you're going to see the appearance as an appearance yes you'll you will not take that which isn't real to be real and in seeing that which is not real as not real that's being reality yes yeah yeah so it's almost as if you don't drive towards the truth, you back up into it, yeah? So you see what you're not, and in seeing what you're not, there's a finding out of what you are, yeah? And the finding out of what you are wasn't an event, it's sort of like uh, a great master said, uh, Ramana Maharshi, uh, that which you wanna realize is always realized, yeah? So in a sense, when, they, when you drop in, it isn't like it wasn't, that condition and now it is it's always been realized yes so it's in a weird way we have, may have a story to a point where something occurs to make a, a you know bring clarity to the confusion and yet when the clarity is brought to the confusion the clarity has always been there it's always been that way so did you actually arrive did you actually produce a certain effect that produced another effect and then suddenly a critical mass and pop. But what you popped into was never not there. So did you actually pop into it? No. Some the thing you had popped into seemingly got popped. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, the emperor is seen with no clothes and the gig is up in a way. Now the head may want to forestall it. It will say it's can forestall it. It can say it's lost it. It can say it forgot it. It can say it's up the ass of self, but in fact it isn't, yeah? <laughs> Something has been revealed. Uh, <laughs> it's sort of like a, a guy from Ireland got in touch with me and he sent me a video. I haven't looked at it yet about, he uses 
the Wizard of Oz, you know, the little guy behind the curtain with all the, you know, the uh, whistles and explosions. There's an assumption that it's a super powerful thing. But then when it's revealed, you hear the explosions and the whistles, but they don't produce the same effect. Yes. So they're exactly the same. There's explosions and whistles, but now they're not producing the same effect, obviously, because explosions and whistles is not what's giving the meaning to us. We're giving the meaning to the explosions and whistles. Yeah. So when we're believing this is an all powerful evil thing is doing it, we give that those effects that meaning, but those effects don't have that meaning. They're empty. So we are the one that gives everything the meaning it has. Yeah. So when it's revealed that it's a little dude in the back, you know, very scared and, you know, really harmless in a way, then uh, all the shit continues to go on. But the effect that it has is completely different because it never had an effect on you. You gave it a meaning. Yeah. Yes. And so something has changed in you. Now the effects of the explosions change. It isn't like there's less TNT in it, <laughs> but it's just that you're not taking it so seriously anymore. Yeah. Something may take it seriously, but you're not taking that, which takes that seriously. Let's put it that way. Yeah. That which takes the explosion seriously will continue to, but it's sort of like a very small square in this big zoom. It's not the whole zoom. <laughs> yeah. So you see it almost like comedic relief, you know, because it's running around, <laughs> you know, praying to the guy behind the curtain, doing what, cursing the guy behind the curtain. It never comes to the light. It's not, you know, so, but we are the light. Yeah. So it doesn't need to come to the light. We are the light and we just lose interest in it. And therefore, yeah, it goes on doing its little act, but it's now on a, let's say, you know, you know, at those big concerts, the main, let's say, Radiohead plays on the main theater. This, the head is now on the sixth little stage. <laughs> They're playing like seven in the morning, seven to seven thirty. <laughs> They're playing their golden oldies, but everyone's moved on. So basically <laughs> so non-duality is just that non-duality duality what is duality well find out you can see it on a broad thing you know night and day uh contraction expansion act react yes there seems to be a twosome that goes on yeah like two sides of a coin you can't cut the coin enough times not to only not to have just one side it's always two-sided yes yeah so this duality in the expression we're representing as is subject object yeah so there's let's call subjectivity awareness uh without a without an owner you know awareness not as an attribute of a thing let's say awareness subjectivity and then object which is whatever can be perceived cannot be that which is perceiving so the object so if you watch your head for a few minutes you may see it switch like stations sometimes it's talking about you as a body and then sometimes it's talking about you as the thinker or the feeler yes which is really not the body 
So it up, there's an objectification, subjectification, on and on and on and on. This is negated, yeah? That's happening, but it's not what it implies isn't, yeah? So there's not a someone that goes up and down. There's just up and down being claimed to imply a someone, yeah? You see? So what's happening is happening, but the interpretation of it is what's happening is happening to me or through me or as me or, you know, from me or, yes? So there's an identification as an object, as the uh, doer of all the subjecting, yes? This is a little bit of a dilemma, yeah? Because like in, in recovery, we run into this where a lot of people, when you're coming in, they say, hey man, you gotta be willing to save your face and uh, save your ass instead of your face. But when I came in, I thought my face was my ass, yeah? I thought, yeah, I was living for this, uh, this image, this body, and, uh, you know, fucking ass be gone, really. So this uh, message is very clear. It takes the direction of negation, yeah? So it negates what is assumed to be so, yeah? How does it do that? It doesn't question the worrying about next week. It just asks, who is it that's worrying about next week, yeah? There's no, no therapeutic position of you shouldn't be worrying about next week or you, you're a worrier because you worry a lot about next week. No, we just want to see that inference because the head claims the worrying about next week to imply that it's you worrying about next week. Yes? Now, if that's not true, what's going on? You're living an interpretation while actually living. Yeah? And the interpretation is overriding the living. Yeah. And for many people that gets quite empty, quite dissatisfied. And out of ignorance, we try to get out of it or we try to get into something else as the problem. Yeah. Because we don't understand the subtlety of identification. When you're identified as something that you're not, you don't know you're identified as something that you're not. <laughs> <laughs> it either has to be whacked, you know, something has to maybe a, you know, catastrophic thing, or to me, the easier, softer way, satsang, you know, so satsang you'll hear <laughs> about what you're not, just like in recovery, when you hear what it's like to be an addict and an alcoholic, it sort of sounds familiar, yes, <laughs> so in this case, when you hear about what you're not is, and you've, you've been assuming, oh, that's all of some aspect of me. It's a novel idea, yeah? Because now when the claiming of what's happening occurs and it's used to infer a you, now that's being negated or actually being confronted with seeing the same activity that, used, that was used to imply you to imply what you're not. So you're just turning the tables on it, yeah? You're using the exact same uh, information, but you're coming to a completely different conclusion. So when you hear the head say, I'm totally crazy today, you, you have a feeling, a sense that I'm not that, yeah? I'm not tagged to that. 
where before you would just live, react so quickly as the one tagged to that. It must be talking about me, so I'm crazy all day, yeah? So there's a statement in The Course in Miracles we use a lot. Uh, and it goes like this. It says, firm in faith in this something else. And I don't like some of the wording, but let's just say it the way it says it. Firm in faith in, in this something else that we have made to be ourselves, yeah? What is that firm in faith that when something happens and it's claimed, we arise, yeah? Through the claiming of walking, we're now the walker, yes? There's faith in that. Knowing it or not, we just believe that. We believe when there's a thought happen and there's a noticing of thought, I'm the one who noticed it and I'm the one who had it, yes? And there's a lot of faith in that mechanism. So, because think thoughts are happening, so that that happening of thoughts is somehow instilled in something else by the claiming of the thought or the action or the feeling. And it's instilled in an idea called the feeler, the thinker and the actor. Yeah. And as we go along, there's a you this there's a faith, a firm in faith in this production. So from doing we arrive at the doer. And when you arrive at the doer, the doer is presupposed before all doing, which is mind boggling. So there's no, there's no doer without doing, yet the way we live, we live as if the doer is before all doing. It's mind boggling, seriously, yeah? And you can see it and it plays with time. It hides itself with time because we don't believe that something come that would come after we would see as before. We're pretty clear that this isn't the past right now. Yeah. We're pretty clear that this isn't the past at the seeming present. And then we're, you know, awash with anxieties about a future. But there's a, you don't usually say I'm in the past right now when you're seemingly in the present, you call it a past. Yeah. But in this case, the head manufactures something from the actions of living and then manufactures an idea that there's a liver, that there's a person, that there's a long lasting, independent, separate thing. That takes a little time and it comes after, but it's presupposed to be before. So when the claim, when the doing is claimed, we feel like a historical doer. We just don't feel like a newborn doer based on that claiming of that doing right then and there, we feel like a historical doer, that I've been doing everything in my life for the last 68 years, whatever, yes? It's amazing, isn't it? Because maybe you would question, all right, right now uh, I just scratched my leg. I'm the doer of that, but yeah? And then maybe, all right, I'm not going to take it that much. One thing, I did one thing. I scratched my leg. Where would all where would all the guilt and shame and the whole fucking story be? It would be okay. And if I did something stupid for the first time, slap me. All right, I don't. But not. I always do something stupid. Yes. So this whole dreaming is time. It's like just drenched in time. And the main trick is truly, as Ramana Maharshi puts it beautifully, I may be saying it completely different than he meant, but hey, that's what open source is like. You can 
use it to, to uh, <laughs> deliver something. So there's a presupposing. Pre means before, yeah? Which is of time, yeah? Before means there's an after, that's time. So there's a presupposing. So there's an assuming, but when the assumption is held, it's pre-assumed. It's always been this way. <laughs> so when there's an assumption, there's a presupposing of a non-existent thing, which is a body that does is not animated, let's say. Yeah. So that non-existent thing being animated is now taken to be the one who's animated. Like the non-existent thing is doing the animation. It's not like, yeah, it's sort of like the trombone thinking it's playing, you know, it's playing the note. Yeah, it facilitates the note, but there needs to be breath. Yeah, the trombone can't fucking play a note, but it, some, if breath goes through it, it can play a note. Yes, that's sort of what this thing is. So a presupposing of a non-existent thing, what's, it's be, what is it being presupposed to be? An existent thing. <laughs> yeah. Like I'm the doer of everything, all right? The presupposing of a non-existent thing wanting uh, to get salvation for the non-existent thing. If this is the case, and basically he's, he's assuming this is the case in the mental state. He's assuming this is the case. If this is the case, your spiritual practices themselves are reinforcing the non-existent thing. How can they destroy it? Yes? So if you're identified as something, let's say I'm, I, I'm, let's say I'm not Stanley. I'm identified with Stanley. I don't know what I am, but I'm not Stanley. So Stanley's manifesting through me and every manifestation of Stanley through me, I claim, my, the head claims to be my manifestation, yes? So now I decide to get out of Stanley. I want to escape Stanley would be pretty easy, but I'm taking myself to be Stanley. So in this case, Stanley tries to get out of Stanley. That's just more Stanley. Yeah. What I need to know is I'm not Stanley. <laughs> Before I get out of anything, I get into anything. Let's just see what's going on first, because trying to get out of Stanley as Stanley may be the bigger in of Stanley. Yes. It may be the huge in of Stanley. <laughs> if you would just stop and not want to get out of Stanley, you'd probably realize soon that you're not in Stanley. But constantly trying to get out of Stanley reinforces Stanley. <laughs> How are you going to stop? <laughs> you're not. Does it stop? No. Do you live from that destination it wants to bring you? No, not anymore. So Stanley is manifesting through me, but I see them as not mine. Yeah. So what happens? I travel much lighter through Stanley's manifestations than I would if they were my manifestations. Yes. And I actually lose a lot of interest in Stanley's manifestations because they're not, they're pretty fucking boring after a while. They're the same thing. It's like, the same beginning of a journal when I was 11 and when I'm 33. I'm afraid of, I'm afraid of, I'm afraid. Of. So, yeah, I've had, 
I've sort of lost interest in Stanley. So Stanley keeps manifesting, but I don't care. And it definitely does not drive me to want to get out of Stanley because I'm very, very clear I'm not in Stanley. Yes? There you go. That's the feeling or the spirit in my with the sense I have of it. Yeah. The feeling is the parade continues, but you don't, you don't, you know, get at the end of it. <laughs> you just don't go with the parade. Yeah. And then you see what's happening after the parade has moved on. It's great. <laughs> the real fun is when the parade has moved on, <laughs> not going with the parade. Yeah. I she's you don't believe how what's so what's on offer really you just don't I mean uh, <laughs> there was there was never a piece that you weren't engaged you weren't involved in <laughs> yeah that's why it didn't last <laughs> it was never a peak experience that lasted for more than five minutes because you were in there <laughs> there was never a wreck there wasn't our realizations never, never got to the fully always realized because there's been an idea that it was you that realized something, that it was you that had the peak experience, that it was you who had the epiphany. And therefore, what those things had in offer became unavailable because as soon as you get to the party, the party sucks. No, no, one, has, no one has figured out how to get to the party when it's great. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> now I don't want to go into the story, but I would reference knocking on heaven's door, an old Paul Hedeman story. That explains the thing we're saying now. Yeah. <laughs> That's what we should do. We should send out like 20 of those old stories, old uh, parables. So you have them while we're at the talk. So when I go reference, Knocking on heaven's door, you can go back to it after the meeting. <laughs> oh, 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 I see. I see. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the, <laughs> the magenta pants and the pink shirt. No, we go there. The, uh, the uh, Poopa Scooper, my most famous one from recovery. <laughs> we won't go there. <laughs> I forgot most of them. I think I really like the camera, the brownie and the big camera. That's got that's one of the closest uh, images I feel I could express, you know, when it came through about exactly what it's like. Yeah. Yeah. The big camera hasn't lost any of its qualities. It's just experiencing something, being firm in faith in, in being that something else, the brownie. Really? Yeah. Yeah, so there you go. Anyone have anything they like to say or yeah. You Raise know. your hands if you want. If you disagree, just do it silently. Yeah. Yeah. We could go with your idea and make uh phrases like brownie pooper at heaven's gate. Yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> Three would be piling on. All you need is one. <laughs> one story at a time. Yeah. <laughs> This has nothing, never has to do with more, really. More, because each so talk is a unique thing. It, it's not, 
it's like going to the same portal yeah there's nothing new in that portal you just keep going back and then uh yeah things occur all right Anyone, Mike? No. Uh, no, unless Nick, who just got here, <laughs> that I just admitted. Nick, you there? He'll throw me a softball. Yeah. Hey, can you guys hear me? Hi, Nick. Hey, thanks for letting me in. Okay, softball. Um, um, I, I'm not that good at softballs, but I'm I'm good at um, carry or what's it called jukebox recommendations, like right. um, oh yeah, <laughs> like gold the the golden oldies, um, the pant the pants were good the other night. Yeah. Mm. How about the Turkish rugs? Oh, the Turkish, we've heard that a lot, but hey, yeah. I'll tell you, I'll do the Turkish rug. It's a good one. Again, so this is for the new gal anyway. So 2000, I think, something like that. I left Sydney, Australia. I had a, a round the world ticket. So I had, you had to do it in a year. You couldn't go over 37,000 miles. Uh, you could go to 15, 12 or 15 destinations. That's the most. But you had to do finish it in a year. So I went back to California, painted some houses, went here, went there. And I ended up in January going to Turkey. Yeah. So I go to Turkey and I'm in a guest house and a couple of us go to where everyone goes in Istanbul, which is the Blue Mosque. And the, I think it's called the Sophia or something. It's a big area and there's a lot of people hubbing around. And so this guy came up to us with a beautiful suit, very uh, salt and pepper hair. And he, he spoke English and he says, hey, I would like to show you around. And I'm suspicious immediately, but I said, OK. So he takes, shows us around, it's very nice. And then he brings us to this brick building and there's a side door and he knocks on it and the door opens and a guy looks another guy very similar to him opens it and then that first guy just takes off you never see him again and then we get brought into this rug emporium and the guy says what's your name i go paul he says mr paul do you want turkish coffee or apple juice i said apple juice all right and so they ushered us in and there was people there and then they started to bring in all these rugs incredible oriental rugs yeah and they spin them around like a pizza maker and shit throw um light going on and they come up you want some more apple juice yes uh, more apple juice and they keep it's beautiful beautiful rugs but see i didn't have any place to live yeah i definitely didn't have a floor f-l-o-o-r so i had an immunity to the desire to buy a rug yeah because i knew something i don't have a place to put it 
So they went on for a couple of hours and they were, I would have could have stayed there for a 10 day rug retreat. I wasn't going to get broken because there was something I knew I don't have a flaw. So they spun it around. So then they said, well, you know, we can fold it and you can put it in your backpack. I go, I'm not going to go to Thailand with a fucking Oriental rug. You know, it's just crazy. So this is sort of like satsang. There's a point that it doesn't need any more convincing. You don't need allies by thoughts. Yeah, there's just a knowing. Yeah, a knowing before the knowing. And uh, that goes a long, long way because you just won't buy the products that are being sold all day. Yeah, you just won't buy it. And there'll be a loss of interest in that which there was a lot of interest in. And truly, the greatest uh, wave or shift in the world to me is a loss of interest, really. It's our, the way our, it's not ours, the interest and direct and attention is directed through this is uh, focusing, concentrating, zeroing in, targeting. No, this is much more like a relaxed awareness, yeah? It's more of a panoramic view. And then you see a whole lot more when you're not looking for shit. You really do. Yeah. So this is the idea of the Turkish rug was just that. And I met I met a guy in India. The first book I read in non-duality was Who Cares by a guy named Ramesh Balsakar, who's passed away. He was 85 at the time. And I wanted to see him before he died. So I went to India. Yeah, I appreciate the head opened up quite a lot to what I read in that book. A lot of pauses. So I went there and he was talking to me and he gave me this whole this whole imagery that I had forgotten about. And then someone a couple of years ago sent me that video and I didn't know. And he says, no, definitely watch this video because I usually don't watch videos sent to me. So I watched it and I heard the voice and it was mine. And what he was doing was he was using a little imagery of, all right, let's call the absolute impersonal, yes, presence. And let's call you and me personal presence. Yes. So, Paul, do you have a place to live? I did in America. When you go to work, do you forget that you have that place to live? I said, no. He says, if you stay for overtime, do you forget? No. While I'm at work, I know I have a house, yeah? Being at work isn't a threat to the idea that I have a house, yeah? So do I Do I have to chant, yeah, I have a house, I have a house, you know? As So as the personal presence, do I have to chant that I'm the impersonal presence? No, yeah? Because I am the impersonal presence, you see? So when I go to work, when I'm here and I'm in this event called an action figure life, that doesn't make me personal presence, doesn't. Nothing will. I am that presence, that presence that is home, no matter where I am or what I am doing, there's a knowledge that I'm that, yeah? Not a knowledge that needs reinforcement and constant chanting or shit like that. That's a surface knowledge. This is something, this goes to a place where you can be convinced, yeah? 
That's not happening in the binary head. But there is an innermost, if you want to call it. There is aspects of mind that are not uh, defined by a dualistic expression. You can be convinced. Yeah? You can hear satsang and be convinced of what's being said here. Yeah? And then you'll know the tree by its fruits. You'll start traveling lighter, and it'll be obvious you have absolutely nothing to do with it. And now this, the, the understanding of non-duality has brought into stark contrast the misunderstandings of duality, really, yeah? And they've been seen through, and now you're based on the understanding of non-duality instead of based on the misunderstanding of duality, yes. And your life shows it, maybe on a small level, maybe on a large level, but you'll travel lighter, you'll be able to enjoy peace of mind, tons of things. Yeah. Yeah. You won't be awake. You've always been awake. <laughs> yeah, that's the point. Yes. Whatever you think you could do not to be awake is from a dualistic understanding. Yes. From non-duality being ourselves reality. From non-duality understanding, the seeker is the sort. From non-duality understanding, what's looking is what you're looking for, yes? From non-duality understanding, whatever can be perceived cannot be perceiving. That's, that's non-dual understanding, yeah? That brings into stark contrast the misunderstandings of duality, which always includes a someone or a something, which always includes a noun with the verbing, yes? So yeah. All right, anyone else? No, no hands showing. Hey, can you guys still hear me? Yeah. I, I got another question, Paul. Um, is Saturday okay to come by and work on the fridge? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, after the talk. Oh, I got for today. I feel like I can show you this. It's kind of a play on the same theme of, of uh, Paul's satsang. It's my sock. I don't know if you can see. Look within the fridge. <laughs> I'm <laughs> fridgeless. Look where you can find something. Oh, uh, Rob has his hand up. Who? Rob Helmer. Hey, Paul. Rob Helmer. What's up, man? Um, I'm just going to throw in the, uh, remember 10 years ago when you were in Canada, we made a bunch of videos, of short videos explaining some of your famous stories. I'm going to throw it in the chat for people. With that, oh, yeah. All, your, all Yurik's uh, stuff. So we did, you know, Dancing with the Gorilla and Here Are What You're Looking For and the sky and all those things so i think he's got like 100 videos or something but i'll just i'll just drop it in the chat for people so if they oh great don't uh don't call me don't come next zoom and say you said 10 years ago i didn't say it and i'm not saying it now no i'm just trying to save your breath man oh, no, I'm, just, I'm just sharing because i <laughs> I had a, no idea what I was saying then, and I have no idea what I'm saying now. 
Yeah. One constant. We, we kind of did that so you wouldn't have to repeat yourself, you know. <laughs> oh yeah, I remember those. So was a Yurik is a great photographer and stuff. Yeah, we were doing it on top of the inner garden on the roof. We did some at my house on the couch. Yeah, yes, in, the I inner, in the inner garden. Uh, so you were I, I, warm I was the roof I was, one. I was pelting you with questions, but there's there's you know what is what is grace? How were you convinced? All of those types of you know different teachings you passed over time and shared with people so the tiger you know etc etc so the tiger the tiger is the uh, from ram from india you're in the you know your head's in in uh inside the, the tiger's mouth basically it's a done deal already yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah to know god all these things the how the word my changes everything stuff like this so anyways uh, uh, well, but there, I did find uh, I put on there knocking on heaven's door. You referenced it earlier, so. Oh yeah, knocking on heaven's door. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I'll. Uh, Thank you. I'll be quiet. I'll be quiet now and listen. Good to see you, bro. Oh, thanks. Thanks for that, bro. Yeah. Thanks for the. Hopefully, uh, hopefully you can grab it. I don't know if it's on your new site or not, but those are good videos. All right. Great. Yeah. Yeah. And I do remember interviewing you as what what was that drive along the coast there, that winding drive that makes you want to throw up? I was I interviewing won. while you were while you were driving along the coast. I would and, won. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that was a good memory, man. Yeah, beautiful day. A little cool though. All right. Nice to see you, Rob. No other hands up. PK is looking at his ant colony. Yes. <laughs> Missing the queen. Where is she? <laughs> PK. Anyone else? Uh, Jack. Jack. Hi, Paul. I didn't know you were you were taking requests tonight. I like the uh, the uh, lion and the sheep is one of my uh, all time favorites. Yes, that was the first one video we did. First video, great yeah. one. This guy's house. We've said it so much. It's easy though, but it needs a follow up. You gotta. Uh, what happens after you leave the pond? <laughs> you get a glimpse of your original face and then you take a few steps away and the sheephood has arisen. Yeah. That's what I found. It's not about waking up because you are that. It's about seeing something. Yeah. Because if you don't see it coming, you're going to be looking from it. Yeah. You will. That's, that was the, one of the definite downloads I got in the first few years when we did the sheep and the lion video was if you don't see this, you're going to be looking from it. Yeah. If you don't see this act of being identified, you're going to be looking from that act of being identified. It's just that simple. Yeah. 
it's like a it's a quick little two-step and there you go yeah and then then instead of hearing satsang you think you you've heard satsang or you're the hearer of satsang that's not satsang there's hearing of satsang yeah there's no hearer of satsang once there's a hearer of it it's nuded satsang yeah that's sort of like the person arriving at the party and then the party sucks yeah so that's why I feel the more important thing is to describe the activity of identification and what you're not. Just like when people would describe, a lot of people now come into recovery and they're not convinced they're addicts and alcoholics. Yeah. But by going to meetings and hearing about alcoholism and addiction, they become identified as it. They finally, there's a truth that's told. Yeah. It's not like it hasn't been the truth, but it's told. They sort of get it. And then they know they're fucked in a way. And then there's a possibility there. Yes. So in a say in a similar way, uh, you know, when that young lion who had forgotten it was a lion was dragged over to that w- water by the old lion and saw it the old lion's reflection and its own and realized it was a lion like that. Yeah. What happened when that young lion left the old lion and walked back to the sheep herd? Yeah. The head regrouped and started to tell the story that I'm a sheep and I just had an incredible lion experience. Yeah. And you would think that there would be a sufficient enough lion realization that would knock that uh out of the park but in most cases it doesn't yeah yeah so you need to see um you need to see these these activities or you're going to be looking from them it's just the way it goes yeah that was my deep or whatever it was just something that was very convincing and in my experience of what was going on and in satsangs and stuff, I saw uh, uh, you know, just like addiction can appear in a temple or in a crack house, you know, it doesn't need cocaine, it can use spiritual practices, you can be addicted, there can be addiction in that, yes. So it doesn't uh, there's no forbidden zones for the mental claiming. And it's not volitional. It's not like you swore off and it doesn't happen. It's mechanical. It's not of you. Yeah, it's up of the apparatus. The apparatus, when it's introduced to some things, it claims them. Yeah, to do what? To infer something. Yeah that can't stand on its own feet. It has to be made to stand on. It has to be reinforced and assumed and suggested and supposed over and over again, yeah? Where the truth or what we are doesn't need any advertising, it is, yeah? But what you're not, to appear to be so, that's a lot of work, a lot of fucking activity, yeah? and. We are before all activity. We are. 
there's a quality of us that's not of time. And so you can see the mental activity. You can see it. I don't mean all of it. It's not necessary, but you can see its pattern or or its MO, so to speak. You can see that there's a verb called living and then something claims that act of living to imply a story, yeah? And therefore the living is lost in a way or it becomes less interested in and then there's an interpretation of life that becomes the dominant theme, yeah? Yeah? And really, in a sense, then you're out to lunch. Like you have to wait to get home for your head to tell you if you had a bad day or a good day. You have no idea really what's going on. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah. <laughs> it's just really, I mean, you're so completely fixated, but with no, nothing truly is getting revealed. Yeah. It's just reinforcing. Yeah. So. That's why I feel uh, when I read Ramana Maharshi's stuff, it's mostly he had he he presented what he presented, and people who were with him wrote wrote it down. Different people, yeah. So if you read a for a couple of different people, there would be certain things he'd say differently, but they would be prefaced as the greatest mystery or the or the biggest problem, yes? So obviously there was some meaning given to it that you should pay attention to this. And one of these things was this, he said it in one way, the presupposing of this non-existent thing wanting to get salvation for itself, yeah? Uh, Then whatever you're thinking you're doing, there's a different agenda being applied to it. So you're thinking you're gonna get out of something when you're actually reinforcing it. And I felt that that was the most apt description of my whole life since I was six years old on. I've been trying to get out of me as me. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I wanted to be there to experience my own absence. (laughs) It's just, uh, it was stubborn motherfucker too. It was stubborn, man. It, uh, a cursory understanding doesn't, doesn't hold up <laughs> with it. There's gotta be a, yeah, some, some shoes have to drop. Yeah, <laughs> really, yeah. And then you think, you, you know, again, because usually a lot of times we see a part of our activity as other than us and we need to vanquish it. So we go to war, yeah. So it's like Fight Club with Ed Norton and Brad Pitt. Ed Norton thinks Brad Pitt's punching his face in all the way. And at the end, he finally sees a video and it's him punching himself. Yes. So it's sort of like that in a way. <laughs> we want we want a Brad Pitt. We want, we want an objectification of ourselves to sort of hope and believe that we could be better <laughs> and more special. Yet we don't realize once we've... Uh, specialized that aspect into the thief, it's taken the aspect of being the policeman. So now the word perfection comes into your life. You've got to be the greatest meditator. You've got to become enlightened this one lifetime. You've got to, <laughs> you've got to meditate 14 hours a day. 
You're not going to do a two-week retreat. You're staying there for three months. Yes. It's, it's like, where did this shit come from? I used to just shoot cocaine. What the hell am I doing this for? <laughs> I think I'd rather be the thief. Really, that's what I always used to finally return to. The only way I could get out of the policeman, the spirituality was getting fucked up. And I would. I would. And that would give me permission to not have to be perfect and shit. Yeah. Now, it was, had a lot of costs. It wasn't a good payoff cost ratio, but at least it escaped me from the fucking nastiness of being on probation with this insane policeman watching everything I did. <laughs> Give me the thief any day, really. <laughs> so, but when you see both, when you see uh, the one that sees what it thinks is the seer is now becoming the seer seeing that, yeah? It, when you see both, uh that can go a long way when if seeing only one doesn't really i find yeah but if you see the boat police and the thief thief and police yeah yeah something something occurs which doesn't uh you can be clear super clear about the one and not clear about the other yeah you can be <laughs> but when you're clear that there's neither that's nice that's uh yeah yeah so all right uh and bill churchman's got his hand up all right bill hey paul um I have a question uh or more like i just like to hear what you have to say about this it's it's pretty funny uh, coincidence. About a month or so ago, I I stumbled onto Ramesh Basakar's uh, teachings and all, and I think it was like that week I heard you mention it or that that he was somebody you you learned from. So anyway, I really enjoy his stuff, and I and uh, been watching some of his YouTube. Uh, he has stuff on there which I just found like last week or whatever. But anyway. Um, he mentions over and over again, more, more, more succinctly and clearly than anybody I've ever heard, heard it put that way. When he's asked a lot of questions, people always came to him for what they would call enlightenment, self-realization or whatever, you know, and, and seeking, seeking something, you know, and, um, and, you know, what you might call like the big camera, realizing it's the big camera, you know, and uh, or what, what, however you want to word it. But he, uh, like I said, he doesn't say it once or twice, but it's almost like in response, he comes to it through everything. He always comes to, if it is, if it, if it is God's will and the destiny of that body-mind organism, it'll happen. If it's not, it's not going to happen. And that kind of, uh, it basically, you know, it, we, we use the term sometimes, it's in the can already. Whatever is going to be, it, it, it's going to be. You know, and I, I, I love that. And I, it's not like a completely new concept or idea, but the way he puts it, it just, it can't be missed, you know, that that's, that's his message there, you know, with, in, in response to so many questions, you know, and um, I, I like it. It's it just something and it just, it just, 
uh, hits me deep. And, um, and yeah, and, and it, 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 it makes the traveling lighter that the words you use for traveling lighter, just like happen, you know, because, uh, you know, it, it's, it's, it's all in a higher plan than what this mind here thinking even understands. And I'm just kind of acting out something. Uh, I, I don't know. I don't want to confuse myself with more words, but I just wanted to, if you could talk on that for a minute. Uh, well, well, doesn't it just take more, takes pressure off of you? Yeah. Another uh, imagined uh, demand. <laughs> yeah. 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 I mean, Really, that's why, like, the relief is from the need to be uh, liberated. Yeah, you're relieved from that need to be liberated. That's very heavy, the need to be liberated. Yeah, it is. If you feel like, you know, you wake up and, uh, you know, you've got now you've got another demand. I must be awakened. I must awake, wake up. I mean, Jesus Christ, the head has the field day on that. Yeah, so. Uh, what I found with Ramesh was he would his he would concentrate on the idea of the personal doer that there is no doer. That's he would pound away at that. And uh, there's a thing about predetermination and self will that I really like Ramana's answer, which is uh, as long as there's a sense of individuality there'll be a sense of free will, yeah? Now, that doesn't mean there's free will, but there's a sense of free will. So the action figure has a sense of free will. I don't care how much knowledge you try to push into it, it's gonna think it has a choice when it goes to Baskin Robbins, just the way it's gonna go, or Starbucks. (laughs) Yeah, that's coming from a sense of free will. It's part of the programming, yeah? This is another aspect we try to emphasize, which is uh, we're not talking to Bill Churchman. We're talking through Bill, hopefully to get to what we all are. Yes. So this message isn't to isn't uh, to PK or Gary or Paul or Mike. It's basically Paul, Mike, PK is actually the obstruction. So we're trying to not we're not trying to drive the message through you. We're trying to drive it around you. <laughs> so in the back room, you're going to be pointed as and that you ain't you. <laughs> Bill's not going to like that. <laughs> So, so this sense of individuality is the programming. Does that mean you're an individual? No. Do you have a sense of individuality when you walk into a fucking shoe store? Probably. Yes. Do you want to deal with free will? Uh, I don't care, but let's say yes. All right. Well, look at the individuality, the sense of individuality. And then he came to the the question and he says the only value these questions have 
is to use to point to who has that question. <laughs> the, 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 there's no value in, in the answers to that. It's the who has the question. Yeah. Sort of like who wants to get out of the body is usually a body identification. <laughs> That's where it goes. Yeah. Yeah. Who wants to get out of what it thinks is the responsibilities of free will is someone who thinks they have free will. <laughs> please tell me, oh dear authority, please tell me it's predetermined. <laughs> so I, yeah. <laughs> we just wanna, we just want to keep pulling the rug out until it's not necessary to pull the rug out. Yeah. Unless I have a sadistic pleasure in pulling the rug out, which I think I may have, but keep pulling the rug out. <laughs> and then, you know, yeah, you'll find you have nowhere to stand. Yeah. And then, you know, we used to have that old thing of the person who falls into that pit, and they keep trying to grab something. And when they fi- fail and fail and fail, then they suddenly their hands open up and their wings. Yes, yes. So when you lose interest in uh, these devices to know and experience and, and to get and to understand, when you see that those devices have their role, but it's pretty small, yeah? that there's a lot of other possibilities if you rec- if you can see that these are not your own devices yeah 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 then you start having what they call in recovery an intuitive thought yeah you're moved by spirit before thought shit like that yeah so now you're open to uh new gateways and new information and shit like that yeah 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 it it just it just kind of blows my mind the way he puts it in so many ways of just um like even having a sense of individuality and a sense of a personal sense of doership and everything that's all part of the plan too you know like that's yes, that's all that's all like because in the past i kind of would hear that but kind of think of that do personal sense of personal doership as some kind of cosmic mistake that took place that needed a correction when when and now saying it as what just 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 all that's gone i guess great great yeah well that's uh there's nothing like traveling lighter through the fields of meaning (laughs) (laughs) it can get heavy in there Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it, it sure can. <laughs> uh, Thanks, Paul. Anyone else, Mike? Thank you, Bill. Yeah. Thanks, Bill. Angie is next. Oh, Angie. Angie. Hi, Paul. Hi, everyone. So, my question is also related to this concept of uh, uh, non doership and the mental activity claiming the action. So uh, right now I 
see it happening, but it's after the fact. So after something happens and then uh, I say, it, oh, I, I'm taking uh, credit for this. You know, sometimes you feel proud. Sometimes you feel uh, ashamed, whatever the feeling comes up. And then, and then um, you have to somehow correct that uh, view to say, oh, but it's not me. Um, so the question is, is this going to uh, subside in time? Do you, uh, for instance, do you still have, uh, do, uh, do you still catch your mind thinking that, uh, um, your, uh, well, the value of catching your mind just to, uh, reaffirm something after a while you just the affirming is there so you don't yes you're not dissecting anything that much anymore no but it, it's just like a correction just goes and a flaw it's just a knowledge yeah yeah. Can you hear me, Angie? Yeah. Yes, yes, I can hear you now. I couldn't hear you before. Yeah. Yeah. So you don't know that because the head will get into thinking it's doing something again. Yeah. So basically, uh, There's a knowing that does, there's a, there's some quality of knowing that doesn't need to be reaffirmed at a point. Yeah. You know, like it's just like that time when we did had the magenta pants and I thought they were red. And then my friend finally told me that they were magenta because I'm colorblind. I never saw those pants, uh, as, uh, red again. Yeah, okay, I never. I didn't sneak a look in the closet every other week to see. I just knew that they were magenta. Yeah, yes. So after a while of hearing this information and stuff, certain some it can get established. Yeah, so it doesn't need. You don't. Ha you're not looking for anything when shit's happening. Yeah. So maybe right now, it's still like a forensic unit. It, you see it after, yeah? That will change probably, yeah? Yeah? Yeah, okay. Yeah, because you are before. You are before Angie, you are before, yeah? Yes, so, and sometimes I see things happening, and I I come after uh, sometimes, but sometimes it surprises me. Oh, it happened <laughs> in a way. Yeah, well, good. Well, you can. There's no expectation, but you may notice there's more of that. Yeah, yeah, and but I'm saying there's something that. You're not doing anything at work to remind yourself you have a home. 
Yeah. That thing where mesh that he was implying in that message years and years ago. Yeah. That's it. There's like a knowing that gets established that supersedes like maintenance. Yeah. 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 So there's a loss of interest, even in the interest of uh, checking out the fallacy of what's being said, you know, out there. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But it's helpful when it's helpful. You have to realize that uh, the mental state has been affirming some this false idea quite a lot. Yeah, right underneath our nose. So in a way, sometimes you need to negate that. Yeah, yeah? to sort of yeah. let a more uh, because look at how it seems like it's rooted, and that's rooted in a falsehood. Can you imagine uh, having something root in something true? Yeah, I think it's much easier to establish and its maintenance is a lot less demand. Yeah, because it's true. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, don't you feel that? Yeah. I think for something to seem to be true that isn't, it would take a lot of work, a lot of maintenance. Yeah. A lot of denying, a lot of, a lot of, you know, song and dance, shifting, smoke and mirrors. But if something is rooted in what's true, I don't believe it has much, it doesn't need much to get established. Yeah. Because it already is. Yeah. I remember I, I'm not a I didn't study the life of Nizagadatta Maharaj, but one of my friends, our friend Z, very much involved with him. And you know, Nizagadatta just heard satsang from his teacher and sort of got it. Like had the faith went to that more than the faith went to his head. Yeah, seriously. And then he's got relief from his head based on the faith he had in the message of satsang. I don't think he did much. It was, uh, that was more than enough. Yeah. So, uh, again, for something to stand that's true, it doesn't need that much crutch work. Yeah. I don't feel. There's just a loss of interest in all the manufacturing of the other stuff because you see it's not you. That's all you need, really. That's all you need for the interest and attention. You won't stop it at the door. It will go, yeah, and it will move. And I would say it will enrich your day instead of enslave it, yeah. And uh, what more do you want, really? I'm in certain certain circumstances here as an action figure. I live in a place, Amelia's away, have a dog here, cat, things, you know, just set up. And uh, I have the great joy of traveling lighter through it, yeah. 
Do I want anything to be different? No, I don't. Yeah, that's cool. So I always wanted to get out of here since I was you know, six. I realized uh, you can't escape from an imaginary place. I know that. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about knowing. I know you can't escape from an imaginary place. I'm not in, I, there, all my prison breakout attempts and plans are done. Yeah, for years. <laughs> I've escaped by being here completely, really. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> I have no interest in the next fucking extreme version of transcendence at all. Yeah, I just realized you ain't going anywhere. <laughs> I recently heard a spiritual teacher saying that uh, we have to approach these teachings with an earnest desire to know the truth, not uh, from the perspective of our of our own problems. And I was thinking everyone is approaching this from the perspective of their own problems. <laughs> That's what drives the speaking, right? <laughs> uh, yes, mostly. But the point is, who's to say what's earnest or not, you know? If you're here, why not, to, you know, take yourself to be earnest? It's just as imaginative of taking yourself not to be earnest. <laughs> what's, yeah. <laughs> You know, everyone has their way and stuff. Our way uh, is just, uh, we're not trying to be, we're not presenting a slicker way to get somewhere. This is truly not getting anywhere. <laughs> it's truly nothing. Yeah. That's why when certain groups that are spiritual and I, they're really into being spiritual, I mean, I did this one. Their person, they never even sent the the uh, the the audio back. They never, they just, they erased the re complete recording they had of me. <laughs> Someone had told them about me. They had no idea, and I was just like, I wasn't what they were looking for. And so, hey, where's my, where's where's the audio link? They never <laughs> never sent it. They erased it. I knew too. I knew, I knew because they were proud of what they had done to arrive somewhere. And I knew that that's going to be a slippery slope because there's going to be an investment in that. And they're not going to like to hear something that they value so much seemingly be devalued. Yes. Yes. It's not a devaluing at all. I just, you know, now, Sometimes I, someone wants me to go somewhere, so I listen in, and then I get in touch with them. I say, I don't think it's appropriate. Yeah, it would be like raining on a nice parade. I don't. It's just so fucking people are feeling better about themselves. Far out. That's great. Yeah, they're doing great things. They've been doing yoga for three years. Great. Yeah, we have our own little 
kiosk where we're selling cod yeah cod that's it yeah <laughs> this isn't like a gateway drug to mackerel and salmon and swordfish it's just cod <laughs> there's no bigger better cod wild caught cod farm cod it's just cod <laughs> <laughs> maybe the thing you are looking for you could never get there by going there yeah maybe the looking for it has to be disputed and the journeys to it has to be disputed and when all those old ideas drop there you are yeah If someone wants to arrive there on a journey, great. Yeah. Who am I to say they haven't arrived on the journey? I just don't want to get on that bus. Yeah. There's too many local stops. <laughs> the only way you can get lost on the way is being on a way. <laughs> You can't get lost. <laughs> yeah. Well, here we are. It's a pleasure to see everybody. Any more questions? All right. Thank you, Angie. Nice to see you, Angie. And no, no, their hands are up. Would you like the imagery see, from the beginning with see, the Wizard of Oz? Come on, Mike, I got us something here. I'm going to start administering bitch slaps, Zen bitch slaps. Some, like Angie, it's going to be with a kit glove. Others is going to be with a, stuv, a studded glove. Others with a coarse glove. Others with a boxing glove. <laughs> Zen bitch slap. That's why we came up with that name, remember? Zen bitch slap. Yeah. A bitch slap usually isn't known in advance, yeah? <laughs> Back from Long Island. <laughs> it would come up upon you quickly. <laughs> we just do the Zen in there. <laughs> That's what it was like. That's what it's like. You don't know you're moving at all times until you stop. Yeah, you don't. You think you're standing still, yet you're moving completely all the time. When you when you get whacked, you stop. And then there's so much available that's not available when you're moving. Yeah. Yeah. And you can't stop. <laughs> You can be stopped, but you can't stop. <laughs> it's not of its nature. Its nature is agitation. It begets agitation. It seems to appear through a lot of movement. If it comes near too, if it gets too close to stillness, a lot's revealed. The emperor is seen with no clothes. Yeah. Yeah. So, all right, Mike, anyone? Sorry, I jumped in there. No, no, no. Hands. 
All right, well, let's end, eh? Let's, let me say uh, hello, goodbye to everybody. Mike, always good to have you. Like all the wood in there, that's nice, eh? Yeah. We got Bill Churchman. Sometimes it's funny how the names of people sort of suit them. Bill Churchman, yeah. I could have been Paul Crackhouse, maybe. Who knows? <laughs> I, I was never in a crack house. I was the crack house. So uh, <laughs> Kathleen, the better half of Bill, nice to see you. Now you make a perfect combination. I knew, thank you for that lovely donation in you. I'm happy that you're traveling lighter. It's so simple, isn't it? Yes. Thank you. Yeah. Jack G, our wandering whatever, wayfarer. There he is. What were you called before the guy in that uh, soup? <laughs> Captain Jack. What is that? Some clam chowder. Chowder. Say chowder for us, Jack. Chowder. Chowder. Yeah. Sharks hey, uh... don't swim in schools. Shocks. Don't swim in school. You have a lot of cod. Yeah. <laughs> All right, PK. Now, PK. Hey, I want to. I want to thank you. you, you mentioned... hmm? What about coffee? Yeah, we got to do Long Island. You order drink water. <laughs> hey, you know what I want to mention. That was great that you mentioned Fight Club because I think wasn't there at the beginning of the movie at Fight Club, I think the character, he's going to all these meetings, like all kinds yeah. of like a, you know, Alcoholics Anonymous, old readers, like, all, like he goes to like, like he goes to a, an insane amount of them just to try to connect to people. I really want to rewatch yes. it. That was such a, a mind blowing movie, man. But, um, you know what's mind blowing it's is, is, good, is good. sitting in the space with you, man. It's awesome, man. Thank you for you know I, I haven't been able to attend live, but um, it's always such a pleasure to be, you know, in the space, man. It's great stuff. Man. It's like you're like Coltrane. You're playing this one riff over and over, <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's you know what? As a musician, I could dig that, man. You know because every time you play, it's slightly there's just a little twist or just a little nuance. It's just, you know, it's, it's, it's amazing, man. So thank you for, for uh, being you. I mean, I know there is no you and there's no me, right. There's no separation, but if there was a you and there was a me, <laughs> I would thank you. Thank you, PK. It's in we the water. Nice to see you, Matt. We got Gary C. There he is. The man in the corner. Oh, Alex, are you back in uh, from Seattle? You're in Hudson Valley. Have you seen Z uh, Michael yet? Uh, no, not yet, but uh, I would like to. Mike, do you want to hang out? <laughs> there you go. Definitely. All right. All right. Thank you. Thanks, Paul. Linda. Linda's S. There she is. Nice to see you, Linda. 
All's well? Yeah, good. Robert Helmer, thank you coming in. I got your message. Yeah. And uh, thanks for putting that stuff on the chat. I forgot those 10 minute ones. Yeah. Yeah, we've got, good memories. Uh, we've got John W. The Melbourne. James. Phone. Chris. Closet. Jacob. Art. Carrie. Hawaii. Thank you for your donation, Carrie. David Bitterman. Yeah. Now there's a name for you, Bitterman. I try not to be. A lack of gratitude, eh? <laughs> Mr. Bitterman. <laughs> JP, my uh, my benefactor from Vietnam. Thank you, JP. Very very helpful. Robert French, my main Kiwi. Yes. David S. Another Osman. And then another Melbourne. We'll be uh, we'll be back in Melbourne. Uh, Melbourne, uh, sooner or later. That's great, Paul. I might be able to thank whatever you are for nothing in person, maybe. <laughs> we'll get. We'll let you know when we're coming down there. Hopefully, yeah, yeah. We got Angie. There she is. Yep. Nice to see you, Susanna W. Yes. She had contempt prior to investigation concerning Italy. I won't be able to run. Yes, you'll be able to run through the olive groves. Yes. There's not many uh, runners in Italy usually. You don't see them. <laughs> We're going to have you there, Susanna. Yes. Stefan on having never left. Yeah. As always. Uh, let me see. Anyway, else? Oh, Susan, my uh, my latte lady provider. We got Alan. Alan, thanks for your constant support. Jimmy from Savannah, Georgia. Uh, upstate Brittany, there she is. Oh, Taj, always a pleasure. There's a 